Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 no, we'll never be past it. It was big time. It was a big time win. Also joining us on the show, Keys. Keys, hopefully we've got you, and hopefully you can give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of a rundown of how you're feeling over the last couple of days. Big week for the Eagles. Yeah, I think I um, can speak for most West Eagles fans, uh, if not all, when I say, "How fucking good was that?" Not for the faint of heart, this show. I reckon there's going to be a little bit of effing and jeffing and all of that good stuff because I'm fired up. Some of the fans were fired up as well. A few fiery three-word reviews. Uh, we've got a couple of people jumping in the comments already. Fantastic to see everybody on the show. Really hope to see you. Share the show around, you know, tell a mate. Get in the comments, have your say. It's a celebration. This is a party. Share the show. I want everybody on in on this. Any Eagles fan that wants to come and give one up Richmond or say how good are the boys. Send them our way. This is fantastic. Gents, we might as well crack on and talk about the Richmond game. That was the big story. It was a big bloody game. Migs, we'll start with you. We'll get into it right now. West Coast Eagles, 13 goals, 7, 85. Defeated Richmond, 12, 9, 81. Migs, as I said, you can lead us off. Some great goal kicking kept the Eagles in in it. Uh, And then in that last quarter, things just got wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, the most exciting thing I, I think about it and a uh, lot of things to take out of it, but the um, fact that we we got <laughs> we got 22 points down in that last quarter and fought back where you know, that's that's what we didn't see earlier in the season. Um, you know, when, when Bolton kicked that goal, uh, put them 22 points up, it felt to me at least like that was probably it. Um, and you know, we'd, we'd put up a good fight and we'd, we'd taken it up to the reigning premiers in a game that we didn't, people didn't give us much of a chance in. Um, but yeah, from, from that point on, we dominated play, we dominated uh, territory, uh, locked the ball in our forward half, probably could have retaken the lead sooner because um, we missed a couple of shots. Uh, Nick Nat missed a, a pretty easy one. Alan missed a, a pretty easy one, a, a controversial free kick. Um but yeah, obviously, just setting it up for the the big grandstand finish, um, and yeah, just dominated that last uh, yeah, ten fifteen minutes, which was the most pleasing I thought. And then yeah, otherwise, there's plenty of other positives uh, we can talk about from that game. But um, yeah, just great, one of the greats. Um, we'd probably talk, I suppose, about where it fits in the uh, uh, in the recent uh, great finishes. We yeah, definitely. Um, one of the best, if not the best, home and away wins that, that I've been there for. 
And bloody loud as well. Fantastically loud. We will get onto it. Look, it's a bye week this week, guys, so we might as well spend some more time on this opening game. Why wouldn't you want to spend time on a game like that? I'll, uh, I'll go through some three-word reviews here, Keys, before I bring you in for your thoughts. Thank you to everybody that sends these through on Facebook, Twitter. Jump in in the comments now. Hit us up with your three-word review now as well. Uh, Matt can lead us off. He said, fight, fight, fight. Fiona says, a gutsy win. Renee said, never give up. Bit of a theme here, and I love it. Tim said, you bloody beauty. Yep, fantastic stuff, Tim. Uh, Sam said, leaders stand tall. Now, we'll circle back to that one because that's an important point there from Sam. John, never say die. Jimmy says, top four alive. And Keys, you'll like this one. Uh, Lee just said, fuck off Richmond. How good was that? Yep, yep, beautiful. Um, Really nice to um, get one over them. Fun fact, the last four years, whoever's won the home and away game between Richmond and West Coast has won the Premiership that year. So lock it in. We're on Get the play. tattoos now. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a really, really yeah. good game of footy. Um, yeah. You know, set aside the result. I mean, we won, which makes it, um, you know, that much better. But, uh, you know, that was just a cracking game of footy. I mean, Richmond, um, I mean, both sides will, will probably look at the review and say there was things they could do better. But I think both sides were, you know, had a real crack. Um both sides had a few players out from their best 22, but, you, you know, I think Richmond will take a bit away from that game and, and we can take a heap away from that. Um, one of the really pleasing things was the way a couple of their young guys really stood up. Um, you know, Foley and, and Harry Edwards in the first half in particular were, were really good and, and showed some composure and maturity beyond their you know, the three games or four games experience that they had coming in. And and Luke Edwards, who we, we spoke about last week, had a had a good game against Sydney. Oh, and was, so was good. Solid. He was solid through the first three quarters. And in uh, the last quarter, he, um, you know, when the, when the whips were really cracking, he, he stood up in a big way. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a, a second game of putting a sort of effort like that in a, in a big game against quality opposition, uh, he really stood up. So I think that was a really big takeaway from the game that, um, you know, those three young guys in particular really, really stood up and, and made a contribution. Migs, you said we'll, we'll circle back to sort of where this fits and, and indeed we will spend a bit of time on the Richmond game, I think. But the last couple of weeks, definitely on the night, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say last couple of weeks, I should say last couple of days. Definitely on the night, but in the days since, I've been thinking about sort of where that fits for me and, and sort of why you get into footy and getting invested in, in watching sport and this sort of thing. Because statistically, your team is not going to win the grand final every year. They're definitely not going to win every week. In any given year, no matter how good your team is, there's a much higher likelihood than not that ultimately you won't win it. So what's the point of getting into it if you're not going to be able to ride the highs and all of that? That is about as high as it gets. Optus was so loud on the Kennedy goal that I honestly thought it was collapsing. There was this drum sound effect coming through the speaker and I thought it was something downstairs collapsing. That is the moment that you get into footy for where you've got 50-odd thousand people and they're all there to see one guy do one thing and he steps up to the plate and does it and everyone goes nuts. It was just, that's why you get into sport. Just what a fantastic day that was. Yeah, and we've been pretty privileged, I think, to have um, a fair few of those sort of moments over the journey and, and even in the last few years. Um, some of them have come away, unfortunately. Um, 
Uh, I, I was lucky enough to be at a couple of them, Nick Nats, uh, in against GWS in 2016, just before he did his knee, and um, uh, Port with uh, with Gov's flower bag punt um, to win it. They've come away, but we've had some good ones at home as well. Yeah, um, the atmosphere at Optus is, is just fantastic, isn't it? Um, and, yeah, I don't know if you could hear the siren when it sounded from where you were, but I struggled. Not at all. I went off every. I knew there was thirty-ish seconds left on the yeah. on the last set ball up, and I so I was trying to keep track of that in my head. And when Hearn marked it, I thought, well, he's got fifteen odd seconds, so that'll be it. Yeah. But no, I just went when everybody else went. I didn't hear anything. Yeah, no. yeah, pretty much. And even so, watching it back, I watched that last quarter back, and um, even on the TV, you struggled to hear it. So hmm. yeah, it was um, yeah, great atmosphere. Um, yeah, we've had some really good ones at, at Optus and. Uh, some really loud moments, but yeah, that was right up there. Cameron here, jumping on Twitter. Thank you very much, Cameron. Three word review. He said, Crow's recruiters cooked it. Well, he said cooked, but also cooked it. And boy, did they, because uh, yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of Luke Edwards talk, I reckon, today, in the future, coming up. It's just fantastic to see a little bit of uh, bit of youth coming through in the midfield. Keys, I noticed your name there. You've got uh, West Coast Seagulls 25, defeated the Salt Miners 15. Now that wasn't the score, so I'm wondering if you've got a, a couple of comments to say about the uh, the whistleblowers, the people in the middle there yeah, on the well, weekend. That's the uh, the end free kick count, and uh, you know I think yeah, watching the I mean there was as with most games there was a few decisions could go either way and things like that. Um, I reckon if they picked up every free kick, it'd be like fifty to twenty. Um, you know, Richmond, if you have a look at the stat, Richmond have got the um, the biggest free kick differential in the league. They are way down the bottom. They're well behind everybody else. Now, because of that, you shouldn't be surprised if you lose the free kick out because you're a bunch of dirty chips. Pricks. That's why you're behind and you get away from the free kicks. Don't push people in the back in the contest. Don't throw the ball. Just fucking accept it. You're a bunch of cheats and you don't get caught for half of what you do. And it's a reason, as part of the reason why they're so successful is they do push the envelope. And I think we spoke about it last week. We did. Um, it's that bad boys thing. Reference to Boston Celtics, you know. You yeah, go, Detroit. You go hard knowing full well that they're only going to pick up, you know, a third, if that, of the free kicks. And more often than not, you're going to end up, you're going to win more contests by doing those sorts of things than you are losing ones because the umpires pull you up. Um, it's the, it also moves the curve slightly. They go, well, that I didn't give that as a free last time, and this incident's the same as that incident, so this isn't a free play on. Over time, they know the ump's not going to call. The umpires don't want to be, as much as we accuse them, they don't want to be the stars of the show. They don't want to blow the whistle 60 times and be known as that umpire that gave away 50, 60 free kicks. So they let some stuff go and they grade every game on a bit of a curve. I think out of all the free kicks... There's one exception to that. Oh, yeah, well, g'day, Rose, if you're watching. I've got one free kick that I can think of off the top of my head that was a real stinker, and that was the, uh, the dangerous tackle on Oscar Allen. Never in a million years is that a dangerous tackle. It wasn't a tackle. But it was, it was in the back, wasn't look it? At it? And you think Maybe, it could have... Mm. If you had it said it was in the back, you could possibly defend it, maybe. I mean, it should have just been play on. 
Um, but yeah, calling that one a dangerous tackle was was a bit of a stretch. Um, well, I can't think of too many others that we got that that uh, I mean. Just on the dangerous tackle case, though, real quick. Penalty. Oh, um, Rotham. Rotham breathed on him. I mean, Rotham did everything he could mm. to not, you know, hit him. Contact. Mm. In the last quarter, Oscar, Oscar Allen took him out. Liam Baker ripped his head off and dragged him to the ground after the mark was taken. And it's just like, I mean, it didn't matter because Aussie kicked the goal. Um, so on that, on that, while we're talking Aussie case, just quickly... The dangerous tackle is the one that I've seen Tigers fans pissed off about, if not the length of the mark, the Kennedy mark at the end. Dangerous tackle is the one I've seen pissed off about. I even saw somebody say that's what cost them the game. Oscar Allen kicked a fucking point. He kicked a point, and then the Tigers kicked the next three goals and went up 22 points. So spare me the, oh, it swung momentum. You kicked the next three goals, boys. You're up 22 with 10 minutes left in a footy game. It was a shocking call. I know it was a shocking call. I don't think it was in the bat. Bad umpiring decision. He duly did the right thing. Ball don't lie. He kicked a point. And you guys went on, you know, merrily kicked three more goals. Get yeah, over it. momentum swung, swung well after that. So Jesus. It's um, just just touching on, you know, how it was a good game and everything like that. I think, I think um, I mean, I was, unfortunately, I wasn't there, so I, I didn't get to watch it. But uh, um, I didn't even listen to it. I didn't even watch it live because I was working. So I watched the... I watched the re- I was excited when I just saw the score at the end of the game. Um, so I, I can only imagine what it was like to watch it live. Um, the actual vision of um, the of the crowd and everything like that after um, Kennedy kicked the goal um, was really spicy stuff. The, the way Kennedy reacted to the crowd. Um, the camera, the wide shots of the crowd all jumping up, and there was, you know, the crowd, you know, the crowd staying on the feet. And then on the um, on the coverage, the good thing of with it, um, because it was a Channel Seven broadcast, there's that 30 seconds where they're not mm. live to air because it's an ad break. So the commentators actually just shut up. And on the replay, when you watch it, all you have is uh, a, a, an aerial shot of off the stadium. And the roar of the crowd, and it's just fucking brilliant. It's just mm. you go back and you watch it. And it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, really, really good to watch. And and the way Huddo nailed that uh, the call, bends it, bends it, bends it, um, <laughs> doing his best James Brayshaw impersonation. Um, it's uh, commentators don't always get it right, but I reckon the call of that goal. Even though I called it as Huddo in the um, <laughs> never, big footy, never living that down. I'm not going to get that. Uh, that's no. not going to. I'm never going to live that down because um, it was James Brayshaw. Um, that was a really good call. Um, uh, we've had a question here in the comments about what I'm drinking. Sorry, it's not Jack Daniels. I'm not any of your hard stuff. It's uh, vanilla Coke. There you go. Breakfast of champions. So, Coke, if you want to get on board with the boys, I know they've had a rough week because Ronaldo stubbed, uh, snubbed them. We'll have it. We'll have that Coke money. Great call by Kometi here from oh, yeah. Sal. Yeah, Sally Benjamin, whoever you are. Yeah, Rusty Spike. In strife. Uh, Migs, we've talked, we've sort of danced around talking about the goal. You know, maybe we've talked about the moment and all of that. But let's talk about the man. Josh Kennedy, four goals. 
he's done it again. And how many times have people written him off as on the decline and, you know, it's time for player X, player Y to step up, take over from him. Josh Kennedy won't be here next week, next year, whatever it might be. He had a week off. He didn't travel. He stayed in Perth and he relaxed. Came out, game-winning performance, phenomenal stuff. Josh Kennedy of old. Awesome, awesome game from the big boy. Yeah, and it wasn't just his, his goal kicking. Um, he moved a lot better than I've seen in a long time, I think. Um, and there was a couple of times where he sort of ran past Campbell and then kicked it inside 50 like he was a midfielder. Bouncing um, and Yeah, it's amazing to see that. And yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, sort of stuff you wouldn't have expected from a key forward, uh, even at his prime, let alone in his mid-30s. So, yeah, he was fantastic. I thought some of the old... Uh, the other older guys were um, were really good as well. But Hearn sort of he took those um, intercept marks late in the game, but just all the way through, he was um, uh, he he was shut up, dog. Um, yeah, all the way through, he, he was a lot more assured than he's looked the last couple of weeks. Um, Redden's back in uh, in twenty eighteen form. Uh, Nick Nat. Um, Chol played well, I thought, against him, but Nick Nat just goes yeah. into beast mode and he's unstoppable and, and could have had two goals. Um, Tom Barras had a really uh, understated, well, he, uh, underrated game as well, I think, um, playing on Rewalt and, uh, and cutting everything off. So, yeah, uh, that was the other really pleasing thing about the, the win for me was that we um, uh, not only did we uh, fight back at the end, but we got performances from uh, the those experienced guys as well as the youngsters like Edwards and Edwards and Foley. Uh, Rod's just asked us there, yeah, was the role different? I wonder, Keys, if they had some success with Ryan out of the goal square the week before, maybe they went to that. Ryan was quiet, Darling was quiet as well, but I wonder if they're a little bit happier to push some guys a bit further up the field and play Ryan a bit deeper. Yeah, I'm not not sure why, but Kenny certainly moved up out of the ground, up further up the ground than he's done for a while. Um, it was it was good to see. Over to you, Case. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Migs. Um, yeah, he he pushed up the ground and he very effective at it. I um, I'm not quite sure if that was a tactic going in or just the way the game sort of evolved. Um, certainly, the Brisbane defence put a lot of a lot of work into Darling. I mean, mm. doubles. Uh, Laston sort of wore him like a glove, and but he was often double teamed and was sort of you know pressured out of marking contests and things like that. Um, so, and I, I've heard, I can't remember if it was either Simpson himself or maybe maybe. Kennedy, that they do say um, they work between themselves to work out, you know, if someone's hot or someone's getting double teamed, they'll work a work between themselves to uh, to get one of them off the chain. And this game was was Kennedy that was the one that um, ran Bolter around pretty ragged. Um, and you know, for a was he thirty three or thirty four the runner? At, I mean, Bolter's a bit of an athletic beast and Kennedy led him a merry dance. So um, I, I think uh, tactically I had, we had a, a bit of a win there. I think even though Darling had a, had a quiet game and, as I say, Ryan was, was fairly well held also. Um, I, I think 
one of the things um, from the game that I, that it was really interesting watching the way the the team structured up and from a mm. from a tactical battle. Um, I think both sides forced the other to do things they didn't really like to do. I mean, um, Richmond had a lot more uh, longer kicks down the line than what certainly did in the Essendon. They did in the Essendon game. Um, they did they did get the ball through the middle at times, running through handball, but not anywhere near as much as what they usually do. Conversely, um, we weren't able to get our kick mark game going and the switch across half back. Uh, we weren't able to to do. Oddly enough, what that did do was it forced us to use the ball down the corridor a fair bit more, and we were really effective when we did that. Mm. Um, so it was, you know, from a strategic, oh, fuck me, a strategic point of view, it was really, um, really interesting battle watching the um, the coaches go out. And I think in the in the end, I think Simpson had a had a bit of a points win over over Hardwick in, in that regard. You went to Dreamtime last week, Keys, and you came to us and told us what to look for with Richmond. It was really interesting watching it, the game. And you called it beautifully, not to blow smoke, but Dusty doesn't cross halfway. The second we got a clearance, he would drop back to full forward. Rewalt might press up or, you know, maybe he would share the deepest spot with Rewalt. He's not interested. He's not running past the wing. And that allowed Yo to get off a little bit. Uh, Redden got plenty of the footy as well. So it also caused Miggs, guys like Nelson, guys like Hearn, to have to take a turn on uh, Dustin Martin, which you don't want, I know. But nonetheless, I actually didn't think he was that good, despite what the AFL ratings might say. Bobbed up and kicked a good goal, uh, too, in fact. But, yeah, didn't really think he was as impactful as I've seen Dustin Martin. But another thing that Keys nailed Miggs was that halfway setup where they, they block you in the forward 50, they set up a wall, and they don't get, you know, you can't really get past it. As he's pointed out there, we went really direct. Guys like Foley kicking aggressively into the middle of the ground. Yo just thumping it as far as he could. A little bit of a tactically different game, but, yeah, Simo probably takes the points. Yeah, and it's good to get that sort of um, win against Richmond and, mm. and, yeah, be able to throw our game plan around a little bit and, uh, and yeah, show that we can, we can play a different way and we can win a different way. Um, it's interesting as well that the last couple of weeks have been two of our best wins of the season and they come with probably two of the smallest lineups we've put out there uh, and we've finished both games off really well. So there's a question there whether um, you know, whether the, the fact that we're playing a smaller lineup and, yeah, I can't take the credit for that. Someone else brought it up in a thread, I think. But, um, yeah, whether we're playing the, the smaller lineup is helping us run out. And then you do that with all these tools coming back in and... Uh, we probably can't keep playing Allen in the ruck um, every week, but you know, we, we also can't play a plus and expect getting away with it. So, yeah, really interesting how we how that played out over the remainder of the season. The guys that went down, uh, went well at the end of the game were the balls, uh, uh, though. Morris makes a really good point there on the comments. He's, um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, agree with that completely. Shout out, infect, ex-infected virus off Big Footy there. Um, yeah, but it was it's funny you say that. You know, I, I, of course we ran the game out better um, than we have, but it was Kennedy, it was Hearn, it was Brass down the line. You know, nice pitching in effort from the mids as well, but it was the big boys that stood up. Uh, Keys, do we want to just now turn over the next however long and talk about Luke Edwards, or when, when are we getting to that part? Let's just talk about we've got 
midfield depth seemingly, youth midfield depth for the first time in however long. Cheers for that one, Adelaide. What a fantastic game the kid played. Yeah, and I think, I mean, probably you go back two weeks and when he was picked for his debut against Sydney and, I mean, his, his waffle form from the outside of it was um, was solid without being spectacular, I don't think. Um, so he was a it was a bit of a surprise selection um, against Sydney. Yeah, welcome to give the guys kids a run, but a bit of a surprise. And then I think going into the game against Richmond, I mean, it was probably a probably a toss of a coin between him and and uh, Xavier O'Neill as to who retained their spot. Um, and you know, I don't, I, I wasn't particularly perturbed either way. I mean, if they had a picked O'Neill, I wouldn't have really cut sick about it, um, but they pulled the right rein. Um, you know, I, it's... I won't take credit for it because I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've read it on the board somewhere where, you know, people refer to players that when they go up a level, they adjust their game to suit that level. Um, on cue, look at this comment from Cameron. Some players look better yeah. at AFL level for some reason. Edwards may be one of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Spot on, great call. Yeah, so I'll give you the credit for your camera. Maybe I'll read you. So, um, yeah, he he just stepped up and and you know maybe because it's he's got some better players around him and things like. That. But you know, just the the pace of the game, he just took. I mean, there was a couple. I think there was a passage. I think it was in the last quarter. Might have been in the second quarter where he sort of got the ball under a bit of a heat. He had, I think, Cochin running at him. And he mm. sort of phoned a handball, looked at that, decided that wasn't the right option, moved around Cochin, went around another player and handballed to Gath, who unfortunately, I think, then handballed it to Nelson's ankles and Nelson actually got caught holding the ball. But that's not on Edwards. That's on uh, that's on Gath. Um, mm. Because Edwards put the ball to Gaff in a, in a decent sort of position. So he just... Um, he, he laid a... Um, couple of good tackles. Um, you know, so he just, for a guy who's only 18 or whatever, um, he, he looks like a young kid with his dad's, uh, his dad's football brain already and his experience. He just, you just love to see it. Um, you know, I, I don't quite know the, all the, um, <laughs> no, Rod getting a smirk from Keys. Uh, um, I, I don't. Are Cameron and Rod related? Why Adelaide didn't take him as a father son is. I sort of read some some stuff today in in, in terms of the history between the McLeods and Edwards and the hmm. and Adelaide Footy Club and things like that. It's all a little bit messy, and you know we don't need to go into the, the whys and wherefores, but. Seems like we're the beneficiaries, and the really the really good thing about all of that is, um, you know, we we, we picked a, <laughs> a sort of a son of a South Australian legend a decade ago in um, Brad Ebert, and he you know went back because he wanted to go back to Port Adelaide, which is fair enough. He's had a family history there and things like that. Um, the difference with Edwards is he's not going to want to do that. I mean, he was taking pick 50. Uh, you know, he's... I think he wants to um, make sure he proves 
Adelaide specifically and other people mm-hmm. wrong. Um, so we're going to um, dog. Uh, we're going to reap the benefit of that for sure. Big shout out to Mr. KK on Twitch, sometimes on the pod. Hope to have you on soon again, KK. But says, yeah, it's amazing how good someone with clean hands and who handballs to advantage looks. Footy, still a simple game sometimes. Migs, we'll uh, we'll finish things up on the Richmond game in just a second, but I'll let you go for your life on this one. Oh, we got a podcast dog. I think I'm the only person without a dog in my room at the moment. So yeah, here we go. Say hello to me. You hate dogs, don't you? Didn't didn't we learn that you hate dogs? <laughs> Must love dogs was. <laughs> A documentary about my life, Migs. I'm not having that. Uh, anyway, I'll turn it over to you. We talked about maybe ranking this. Where does this sit in recent wins, home and away wins, all this business? Of course, yeah, there's North after the siren, just for semi-recent ones. North after the siren, uh, Giants after the siren or on the siren with the Nick Nat ones, there's the Port ones. We've had some pretty memorable yeah. wins, some scrappy ones, but where did that sit for you for games that you've seen and just gone, yeah, shit, it's really fun to be an Eagles fan sometimes? Yeah, um, putting aside the finals and the grand finals, um, I'm not sure there's a game. I don't don't think there's been a home and away game as good as that. Um, There's some that will come close, but, um, yeah, I I would put it probably ahead of any other home and away game uh, I've been at. Just from um, what it meant for our season, uh, the the players that we were missing, yeah, the, the way that it unfolded, the the team we were playing, um, the reaction of the crowd. Yeah, I don't think um, uh, no, that that North game came close, and the the Giants game in uh, two thousand and sixteen at, at uh, Giant Stadium came close. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anything tops that one. Uh, Cameron says Saints last year. That's one of the scrappy ones yeah. I had in mind. You know, there's some big games yeah, that have yeah. meant a lot for a season or whatever, but that just, I don't know. There was a sense of fun. There was a sense of defiance to it after a few weeks of everybody being a bit flat and where are we going and we're circling the drain keys and then it all came together and it ranks pretty highly at the very least. Yeah, I think um, if, if once you know, without knowing the end result, I think, I think the best win you have is the ones where you come from behind um, in the last quarter and you get that momentum and you get the, the crowd build up in that last quarter as you, you know, it looks like the game might be slipping away and the the, the, the team rallies and, and comes back and wins. I think they're the, they're the, um, they're the best wins, I think, um, as a supporter. I mean, they're not great for your heart, but, um, yeah, the 06 game against Geelong was uh, was great. The other the other one, the week after that, we basically did almost the same thing against Carlton at Subiaco mm. Road. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, every now and then I'll catch a, a bit of the last quarter again. And the um, the crowd noise in that last quarter against Subiaco was we were rolling over the top of them was pretty uh, pretty impressive as well. And I think that. It just sort of confirms what I was saying is that that momentum that builds when you come from when you when the home team comes from behind, um, there's there's nothing purer as a as a supporter that it just goes weighing and you just get that real surge of uh, emotion. Um, there was a dogs game I think in '98 where they roared home after a 
54 to zero start or something like that. Yeah, now, I, I wasn't at that yeah, one. That was, that, but... was, that was a really weird game. That was like the dogs kicked eight goals to none in the first quarter. And we just got, mm. we were cooked. And then we got back, we were in front at half time. <laughs> we, we basically just did the same to them. Um, and then the game sort of ebbed and flowed a bit after that. Um, I remember back in 90, 1990, maybe, 91, we played St Kilda at the Wacker, um, probably before you guys were born. The Troy Eagle game. The oh, Troy here we Eagle go. game where um, yeah. I think uh, Craig Davenport for St Kilda bobbed up out of nowhere and kicked about four goals in the, the first quarter on Eagle. Um, and, you know, we were, you know, we were four or five goals down behind it four or five goals behind at quarter time and came in and then you kicked, I think, five goals in the last quarter. Um, that was a pretty... And that was that was at a time when we weren't... You know, we hadn't established ourselves as a powerhouse we have now. And it was one of the games, I think, that helped set us on the road to um, saying that, you know, we're a, we're a real football side. Um, so that was a pretty pretty special game. Um, like I said, at the Wacker... Uh, so it wasn't anywhere. It was probably twenty odd thousand people there, or something like that. Um, but yeah, that that game. I mean, the way the rest of the season pans out, will perhaps judge this game will mm. be judged a little bit differently, depending on yeah. You know, if we sort of fall back in a hole, well, the game probably doesn't. We'll probably get lost a, a, a little. Um, but if we go on a bit of a tear the next few weeks. Um, we'll be looking at this game and the and the and the game before against Carlton as as real turning points. So we'll see. But yeah, just really good to beat Richmond. Pricks. Uh, guys, people commenting. We're getting a lot of comments through at the moment, which is fantastic. Keep it up. We're about to go into heroes and villains. So have a think. If you've got a hero, if you've got a villain, submit it here. Uh, share the pot around as well. Tell your mates, jump on Facebook, jump on Twitter or Twitch, whatever you like, get involved. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully have a few good submissions for heroes and villains. It seems, Miguel, that Keys has ducked out for a minute, which is dangerous because this is his, his segment. But I've got an absolute ripper villain, so let's get into it. Heroes and villains time for the week, Mix, And I'll let you lead us off with some villainy. We'll start with that. Did anybody catch your eye this week, knowing full well that I have dibs? Don't you step on this. Yeah. I oh, know I'm not going to not going to step on that. Um, the main one I had was uh, was Michael Christian, and I think probably Steve Hocking had something to do with it as well. But just completely abdicating any responsibility with that um, David Mackay decision. Yeah. Um, my view of it, I, I saw it at the time, and, and even watching the replays, I thought he's just contesting the ball. He's turning his body to brace for contact uh, at the last minute. It's not he hasn't really elected to bump. Um, that's a footballing action. I don't think we should be suspending players for, for footballing actions um, just based on what the outcome is. Um, but I think at least I've got a view on it. And you know, if, if you take the other view that, that he did elect to bump and he left the ground, whatever, that's fine. But you know, Michael Christian, if it's your job to rule on it, fucking do your job, rule on it. Don't pass the buck to the tribunal. Um, thankfully, the tribunal has made what I think is the correct decision um, just before we came on, on air. But yeah, Christian, if you don't want the job, don't take the job. What's the point of you if you're just going to not even grade it? 
Um, my other nomination was, I can't even remember who it was, but whoever the Richmond player was who decided the best way he was trying to, um, uh, the best way to make it look like he's trying to get rid of the ball while he's being tackled is to just repeatedly punch Redden in the head. Um, Unreal. Yeah. And not much uh, came of it really game. apart from... Yeah, well, he's a hack. He's a hack with three premiership men. <laughs> Still a hack, mate. Still a hack. It was Jack yeah. Graham. It was Jack Graham. Uh, look at this. Yeah. yeah, a lot of support coming through for your call for uh, Christian. Keys, once again, I'm going to reiterate that I've got dibs, but I will throw to you for villainy for uh, anybody that isn't the person I've earmarked. We've had a few on social media as well. Bart had enough of the whinges <laughs> about how far the kick to JK went. Understandable. They measured it out. 14 and a half metres. It's judgment call. Is it too short? Yes. Is it realistic that somebody would make that call? Yeah. Get over it. Uh, and DK on Twitter nominated Brian Taylor for hammering the travel line uh, as it pertains to Richmond. They chose to travel to Sydney in between the game, and now they're talking about how many Ks they've wrapped up Ks. Pretty shit. Yeah, I had the um, the whining over the free kick count in uh, my villains. I've put it in my um, display name. Um Fuck off, fuck Jesus. I just had um, a pop, Jesus. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> the 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 free the free kick count. Yeah, we we spoke about it. Um, yeah, just get over it. Um, BT, not for the reason about travel, but there was a passage in the game where uh, a Richmond player. There was a marking contest. I can't remember who. I think I think maybe one of our guys marked it. And um, BT was claiming that Bolter got blocked out of the contest, and it should have been a free kick against Darling. And when you watch the replay, uh, Bolter's standing in front of Darling, blocking him out of the contest. I was like, mm. "What the fuck are you on about, BT? It's you know, you're an idiot." Uh, well, this is like you're getting Richmond fans I'm complaining that Cole... I'm convinced he doesn't watch. Yeah. He doesn't know. And he can't tell... Well, he can't tell Ryan from Rioli. He can't tell Darling from Kennedy. Um, we got Richmond fans whining about Cole blocking out Bolton on the final play. I haven't heard one peep out of anybody but Eagles fans about the two-handed shove in the back from Grimes to Jermaine Jones, which is how they got the ball forward in the first place. But anyway, Keys, bizarre. Clear, clear free kick. Yeah. Just, um, also... Um, whilst we're on sort of things um, tribunal related, uh, Shane Mumford, <laughs> he is like over the last twenty or thirty years. Oh no, he's just clumsy. On we we basically removed thugs from the game. Yeah, you, know, you don't have you don't have the king hits behind play anymore. Shout out Andrew Gaff, Gary Hall, and. Okay, Fremantle supporters, yeah, Andrew Gaff, yeah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> um, but basically, those sort of really thuggy type things are out of the game. If there's one player in the comp now that you could describe as a thug, it's Shane Mumford. I mean, he he treads a very, very fine line with the way he tackles and throws his weight around and things like that. On the in the game against the Giant, uh, not the Giants against North, I think it was the young guy uh, Thomas that plays for North Melbourne. 
the whistle blew. It was a giant's free kick. Thomas was running through. He picked up the ball and was He started to stop. Mumford's coat hanged him and then put him in a suplex that would be not out of place in the WWE and smashes him to the ground. Free kick didn't even get reversed. I mean, I mean, I, I go back to the game. We played against the Giants where Mumford picked up Brander and mm. body slammed him. That's yeah. a dangerous tackle as far as I'm concerned. You pick up a player and you're 120 kilos and you land on him with your full body weight, that's dangerous. Didn't um, calculate the weight differential, case. you got to do that. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, you got to do that. He, 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 and he's, I mean, there was another one where he basically missed, he tried to drop his elbow on a North player's head and fortunately missed. Um, but he, he's just the absolute fucking thug. I can't stand the bloke. And yeah. the worst thing about it is the commentators just go, oh, he's, he's clumsy and he's, you know, big, you know, mummy, look at it. Yeah, he loves the fuck off, Mumford, out of the league. I can't stand him. Um, and the league. I thought we were him, and then he came back. Um, I know. We, yeah, this one is a. Uh, we, we would normally give our our award out to, but um, we don't want to be sued. So um, they'll stay in the shed for this one. But, Badge, go for it. Oh, we're doing uh, Rusty Spike time. Right. Well, uh, no, no, we're not. Cameron posted it here. He had this person as his villain of the week as well. So big shout out, Cameron, getting involved in the show today. We love to see that. Villain of the week from Cameron and from myself and from a few people on Twitter as well, Caroline Wilson. Now, all right, we give it to a media member every week, it seems like, more or less. But I feel like we haven't given Caro much attention this year. It's not like I'm... You know, looking at what was she on footy well, classified? She's been for two months looking after her daughter's baby. Well, we'll get to that, won't we? This is not an axe that I have to grind. I've got a bigger axe to grind with Kane Corns, who was involved in this segment with Tom Brown. Uh, there's a there's a shitload of people I hate a lot more than Caroline Wilson. This is not a personal grudge. I don't care about Caroline Wilson. St Kilda lost a terrible loss on the weekend. I think they're up fifty four eighteen, something like that. They, they went goalless for however long. Huge choke job. You love to see it. Seb Ross, Tim Membry, they missed the Saints game. They were both back at home looking after their partners or with their, with their family. Uh, I'm not sure the order of this, but one of them, uh, their partner has just had twins. The other one, the partner is pregnant. So, all right, footy players go home, support their family. Pretty normal in this day and age. Usually a non-story. Not a non-story. Caroline Wilson goes on television says supporters, sponsors, and other teammates would have every right to be a bit disappointed. I must stress, there was no medical problem with the twins, but he felt he had to be her was another one of the, uh, be with her was another one of the lines. So, I mean, the kids weren't even dying and the dads wanted to go and see him. You wouldn't bloody read about it. This was the most bizarre personal attack on these footy players. To it, before we even get to the fact that they brought the sponsors into it, in this day and age... It really should have been the case forever, but your family comes first. And I think we've gotten to a point where most people would agree that your family should be coming first, you know? But apparently not. Apparently footy players can't be family first, so that's one thing. That's disappointing. Secondly, Xavier O'Neill... Oh, sorry, Xavier O'Neill. Xavier Ellis made a joke on telly last year about watching the races while his wife was on la- uh, in labour. Carolyn Wilson comes down and slams that, says it's a boys' club, says that you've got to show support to your partner. And now where are we? Six months later? Change of tune. And, Keys, you brought it up. 
She's received all this criticism. She said, oh, this is a personal pile on. People in the media are hypocrites. Why are they piling on to me? She went to Amsterdam this year in April to look after her pregnant daughter, which is fine. Do it. Look after your family. I'm not criticising you for that. But if you've taken time off work two months ago to go and look after your family, don't slam footy players and say, oh, they owe an apology to the supporters and to dare ice coffee to go and look after their family. It's, it is bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre. I just didn't understand it. It's become a three- or four-day saga. I've been involved in tweeting about it from the podcast account, so that's what they want. They want discussion and they want clicks, but it's bullshit. And, Migs, the thing that annoys me in this is the Eagles 2018, friends, family, flags, everyone goes nuts. How good is their culture? Oh, they all get around each other. It's so great. They've got kids on the ground. They're going. Scoey's leaving to go and look after his kids. Simo's leaving to go and look after his kid. All this sort of stuff. They love it when you're winning. You lose a few games and suddenly, nah, their leaders aren't committed. Everyone's disappointed. Hypocritical from... The start to the fucking finish. I didn't understand it. I, I still don't understand it. It was a joke. Yep. I think that's our winner. Yeah, Caro Wilson. I'm sorry. Feel another week. Yep. I try not to get on the soapbox too much on this, but bloody hell, that soapboxed me right no, up. Uh, I'm going to you go, piggyback onto that a little bit in that um, without excusing Caro at all. Um, she's been fed that from someone within the footy club at St Kilda because yeah. she she doesn't make that up by herself. I, I mean, she's, she, I, I mean, for all her faults, and I can't stand her, um, you've got to, you've got to remember um, that she's got really good sources. She's been in the industry over there a long time. She's well-connected. So um, so she's been fed that um, from someone within the footy club at St Kilda. Then she's, she's aired those on whatever night it was, Monday night, I think. Um, St Kilda basically let it run for best part of 24 hours before they came out and said anything mm. I would have thought if that was if that was us if that was our club I would have been I would have been expecting the club to come out the next morning and say this is a complete heap of bullshit we don't support we support everything the players have done and they would have backed the players to the hill straight up and even the statement that St Kilda put out was still pretty pretty wishy-washy um uh, so, as much as um, I don't like what Caro, she wasn't uh, she wasn't acting on her own as a as a lone wolf there. Um, I think the St Kilda Footy Club need to, um, you know, look at who within the club has uh, has gone to her and made their their feelings known about something that really shouldn't even be questioned. I mean, we forget that. Yeah, over here in, in, in Perth, we forget that Victoria's still in the throes of a you know, a, a, a lockdown and they're going mm. and they've had all sorts of trouble. They they've had way, way worse than what we had. Um so you can imagine um you know, a, a young mother with with twin twin ba- twin kids, um, that are five or six weeks old, you know, 
that's that's hard. That's hard. I, I mean, and she's over there, and he doesn't quite know when you might be coming back, and things like that. And then they'll and, and lockdowns and and traveling between states is not as easy as it normally is. You've got to take into account the fact if you go somewhere, mm. um, and you, you might be stuck there, you may not be able to get back. Yeah. And to to just ignore all that and then just say, you know, it's it's bad. You know, you should put the footy club first. Fuck off, families first. Mm. Um, that's that's how it is. That's how that's how all the club. I mean, in the days leading up to our, rich, our game against Richmond. There was talk that Cotchin might not come across because he had some family issues. Richmond was straight out. They were saying pretty well, you know, I hate Richmond. I reckon a bunch of dickheads. I've said that earlier already. But they were straight up. said, if Cotchin has to stay behind, he has our blessing. It mm. wasn't even something that was being questioned. So, yep. Two of their guys so, didn't go up to the hub, one of the hubs last year. Last time. So, yeah. Yep. So, you're on the podium, the podium next to her. Good. Caro, St Kilda, you equal parts responsible. You can equally get stuffed. Uh, hero nominations, I'll keep it short and sweet for me, and I'm going to echo a lot of people that wrote in about the Adelaide Footy Club. Cheers for that, boys. Got Luke Edwards, two-gamer. He already looks like a 200-gamer, so happy with that one. Uh, Migs, who made you happy this week? Where does it even start? Good week for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, plenty of guys. Um, Nick Nat. Uh, for having a hundred percent captaincy record, and I don't know, maybe we should just give him the job full time. Sorry, Shuey. Um, yeah, plenty of guys at the on, um, from Sunday night that we could uh, we could give it to. One from um, outside of footy that I had. Um, everyone involved in that uh, the medical emergency in the the Euro game between uh, Denmark and Finland. Um, yeah, that was a pretty horrible situation, but. Um, yeah, a lot of people there really stepped up in a in a big way and probably helped save the bloke's life. So, uh, well done to everyone there. Um, yeah, don't do actual heartfelt real heroes, mix, because now I have to give it to them. But Sorry. I don't want I want to just I just want to talk about how good Nick Nat is. Uh, Keys, anybody make you happy this week? Um, I Optus and the crowd on mm. Sunday night. Yep, brilliant. Stadium is the best in the country. Doesn't have the biggest capacity, but it's the best stadium in the country. There's not even a, it's not even a contest anymore. Um, Wildcats, I mean, yep. finals is that, in a, you know, 10 of the last 15 years or something like that. Um, lost their best player, still made it through, still made through, came from 1 0 down and uh, knocked over Illawarra. So well done to the Wildcats. I think they're going to be up against it against Melbourne, unfortunately. But uh, you know, making it to the final, um, big effort from them as well. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know the team or Optus as hero of the week. I like the crowd. I reckon we give it to the crowd. They stepped up. They showed out. Fifty thousand on a bullshit slot Sunday, yeah. twenty past five. Showed out. They got their reward. Optus crowd, come on down. And, and I, I think. Plenty of Simpson, plenty of players all made mention of the mm. crowd and how it helped them too. So, yeah, I wasn't there. Way to go. So, crowd, you guys were. Good on you. Yeah. We're running a little bit long on this yeah. one, so let's let's slam through some stuff here. We've got a bit of a mid-season review to go, but uh, it's, it's an awkward one because we're not really at the halfway point of the season. And it's also a season, guys, that's had a lot of ups and downs already. We've... 
you know, beaten Port, we're all, everything's happy days. We're going to win the flag. We're unbeatable at home. Suddenly, five, six weeks later, we're shocking. We're never going to win on the road, and we can't even win at home anymore. It's all gone balls up. Uh, Migs, let's just take stock of what we've seen, I think, and we'll go through a little segment by segment here. We'll start off with which player has impressed us the most, and, you know, what are we through, 13 games, something like that? Who at this point, Miguel, do you think is going to be leading the club's BNF when they're doing the count up to round 13? Um, it's probably Nick Nat again, I think. Um, yeah. Having won last year, he's obviously a vote polar. He's played every game. Uh, he's led from the front in a lot of those big wins. Um, Tim Kelly probably was leading it before he got injured. Um, Tom Barras might be a bit of a sneaky one. Uh, he's done some big jobs. Um, really stood up recently in the absence of Gov. Yeah, they're probably the top three. Um, yeah, who else? Darling's been up and down a bit. Um, Gaff was quiet early. Sheed's been all right. Redden might be another sneaky one. Yeah, I've got Nick Nat and TB here as my leaders. Keys, it's probably going to be a similar answer for yourself, I suspect. Don't let me put words in your mouth. But away from the BNF, who has, you know, if it was just your call and you don't think it's the coaches voting, if it was just your call, who do you think has been our best to date? Uh, I think consistency-wise, I think Nat Nui. Mm. Um, I think it's important to note the way our best and fairest is is voted on, it rewards um, games played. So I actually looked it up during the week just to make sure of how it's done and changed it a little bit when Simo came in. Basically, the match committee give 3-2-1-0 to every player that played. So, I mean, if you have a really shit game, obviously you get zero. If you have a good game, you get three. And then one or two, depending on if you have a, you know, a kind of okay game or a pretty good game. Um, so basically, the more games you play, the more chance you get to go. So, um, so guys that miss a lot of footy, you pretty much rule them out. So guys like Nat Nui, um, Tommy Brass has missed just the one game so far, so he'd be in the mix. And I reckon Redden's a, Redden's a sneaky chance because he's, although he hasn't been, he hasn't been a standout in any games, I think he's been pretty solid, so he'd be getting, you know, he's probably getting ones and twos most most weeks. Um, okay. Played every game, so you know, like he'd be he'd be in amongst it as well. So be those those three, I think, have probably been the the three most consistent. I would have thought so, but yeah, Nat Nui for mine. I think he's um, he's been the one that's driving us, and I think he's the leading player for us in the Coaches Award, from memory. Um, JD... Oh, he absolutely is. AFLCA, he absolutely is leading yeah, us. JD, I think, he's had some good games. Still doesn't take enough marks. He's had some... Um, JD's had some, some lots of good marks, uh, lots of good games where he's been a bit quiet. So, um, right now, um, I'd be surprised if Nat knew he wasn't leading it this minute. Uh Next up, we're going to talk biggest improver. So if you've got someone that you think has been the biggest improver for the Eagles, comments, you know, same deal. Let us know. Let us know why. A couple of names I think are going to be popular in this one. Migs, I'll let you lead us off as well. Who do you think has shot up and really taken hold of, of 2021? Uh, Rotham uh, continued his, his development. He um, 
yeah, played I think ten games last year. This year he's uh, just about locked into that that back line, uh, leading the league in marks. Yeah, he was yes. the first name that came up for me. Um, Jermaine Jones. Um, yeah, we we didn't really get to see him properly last year. Uh, he's now showing Geelong were nuts to let him go, uh, even if the, the match committee keep dropping him to sub. Uh, and probably Jared Brander before he got injured was the other one. He sort of he looked like he'd locked in that spot on the wing. Um, yeah, uh, able to find the ball a bit. Uh, looked to have grown a lot in confidence, and uh, of course now he's injured again, and he'll have to work his way back. And I think he's been named um, in the waffle side this week, so he might have to work his way back through the waffle now. But yeah, they were the three for me. Uh, Keys, I was gonna, I was gonna say Brander. Uh, we'll talk about Oscar Allen as well, I think, uh, in a moment. But yeah, Infected Virus has just put this one through on Twitch, and I'm gonna echo that as well. Petricelli, he really showed me I was wrong on him. Cop to that now. Uh, I didn't really think he understood football. I thought he was a great athlete, obviously very quick and straight line, but didn't take the right angles. Couldn't tackle. Couldn't read the game. Couldn't crumb. Suddenly, he looks like genuinely dangerous crumbing forward, and and you know, bobbing up for valuable goals, kicking bags in games. So, uh, yeah, definitely Petricelli's made the most of his opportunities. Hopefully he can, you know, really start getting involved shortly. Anybody for you that stood up this year? Yeah, Pet, Pet was the one I was, um, you know, I was thinking of that um, for exactly that. Um, I think Brando's the one as well. You know, he's sort of cemented himself in the side. Um, I think um, a couple of people have mentioned Aussie. Um, I, I think he's improved, but I think his his improvement this year has sort of been linear from seasons gone by. So it hasn't necessarily been a yeah okay. a, a jump. It's just been a steady progression. Where I think you know Brander and and Petricelli have sort of moved their games up to a better level. I yeah Jones has has, has been good, um, and I think someone Harry Edwards. You know, I, I saw his name come up there as well. And I think he's, he's sort of had someone we've had sitting on ice for a couple of years while he sort of learns his craft and everything like that. Um, and when he's come in, he's... And, and just from his first game this year to the game he played against Richmond on Friday night, you can see that improvement just in in those games. Um, and I actually saw... There's actually a... a thing with David King and some other plonker from Herald Sun like, like on a little video thing and they go over the games and I caught a bit of that and the guy made a really good point about um, West Coast and their defence and and how Harry Edwards was a rookie listed player McGovern was a rookie Tom Barris was picked 40 something Roth mm. was 37, Delson was in the 50s, Cole was 30 something Foley was 30 something and he sort of made the comment, he said, a defence has been largely built on guys with lowish sort of draft picks that we get them in and we build, you know, develop them and work them into our system. And, they, you know, we just got this little sort of production line of of defenders and particularly key defenders. And Harry Edwards is just the next, you know, yeah. in a really, from from almost, from way back, from the days of Jackovic, well, Monkey Brennan and Jackovic and McIntosh, We've always had, you know, we, you go through, we had Glass and Hunter and McKenzie and um, and McGovern and Mabras, and, and now we've got Edwards. It's just one thing we'd never have a deal finding, 
uh, trouble finding is a is a good key defender. Uh, Migs Rod, Rod here is asking if Edwards keeps performing. Luke Edwards, this is. Does that mean Brand is out of a spot? Certainly not a bad position to be in because it's funny we were all lamenting the depth and where things are at, but when we start, start to talk about biggest improvers and you know nice silver linings on the start of the season, it's a lot of the youth that is continually coming up. Yeah, and it's a good thing we're not doing uh, childcast because they're going to be really difficult. Um, mm. Yeah, there's uh, there's a wave of guys coming back for the, for the Bulldogs game, and too many guys out of that twenty-two uh, against Richmond that you'd you'd say yeah um, they probably should be squeezed out of the side. So it's it's going to be a really um, really difficult job for the match committee, but yeah, good problem to have, and um, yeah, looking like we've got. A lot more depth than uh, than we thought. Not sure. Just to, to answer it, Rod's question, though, I'm not sure Edwards and Brander are going to be playing the same position. I think um, Duggan returning might be yeah. uh, might be the one that can Brander out of them for a bit. I think they've sort of played that wing role. Yeah, and, and Sally uh, on Periscope here on Twitter just jumping in and saying, "How did you rate Duggan's stint in the midfield?" I think. If we're getting to a point now where we're starting to get hopefully Shuey back through the waffle this week and Yo's back, Kelly hopefully on the men, this sort of thing, I think it'll be over. But it's nice to have in a bit of a, you know, break the glass in case of emergency. But for me, you know, he's pretty poised, pretty dangerous off the back line. And yeah, the idea of having him kick in, Foley kicking as well, you know, Hearn back to his best, that's that's what I want off half-back. I, I, I think we've seen that Duggan's best position is half-back. Mm, yeah. um, it's nice to have that in your back pocket that if need yeah. be we can swing up to the midfield but with a full complement of mids to, to pick from um, Duggan's better suited on half back Keys, I'll keep it with you and we'll flip it from biggest improvement as uh, it seems like Miggs has just dropped his laptop there what's going on there Miggs? Yeah it's okay, caught it on the first bounce One hand, one bounce on the laptop. That'll be good for the warranty. Uh, Keys, biggest disappointment. Let's flip it around. Who did you come in expecting a lot from that maybe we haven't quite seen enough of yet? Yeah, it's hard. Um, I've been... This is where you're sort of of marking people a bit harshly, but um, I I think Cripps... um, Okay. You know, probably he hasn't hit. He's had some good games, um, but consistently, I don't think he's been as as big an impact as what he has in prior years. At a time when we've needed our experienced players to um, to step up, um, and I'll put Gaff in the same. I mean, Gaff's had again. He's had some good games, but he's had some particularly early. He's had some stinkers as well. So um, those two guys have been from. From their standards, um, I'm going to throw McGovern in there as well. Um, yep. You know, from I mean, he he's a victim of his own super high standards, but the games he has played, um, I I don't think he's been as good as as he's been in the past. I just noticed um, the virus sort of threw up Nelson's name. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I reckon Nelson. Nelson's a bit of a popular one 
for fans to have a crack at. I don't know that he's as bad as what some people have um, critiqued him for. Um, you, you know, I actually had, I mean, a common thing with him is he keeps getting caught holding the ball all the time. He's actually given away three free kicks this year, total. Yeah. So if you're getting caught with holding the ball all the time, so yeah, there's some, and, and, I, and I reckon there's times where, and I, I sort of mentioned the passage of play earlier where he got caught, he actually did get caught holding the ball. That was because Gaff gave him a fucking stinker of a handball at his ankles. And, um, and I reckon, I mean, even I, I know there was some criticism of how, you know, how Martin got loose through the middle of the ground late in that game and had that shot at goal. Um, I think Nelson and, and Cole's the other one that sometimes seems to get a lot of criticisms as well. Um, I'm just going to refer back to the Richmond game. They didn't get a lot of the footy and, and things like that. I didn't see the Richmond small forwards really have that big an influence on the game. Like the likes of Castagna and Bolton. Wow. Even and, and you touched on it before, Badge. Martin Martin's gonna impact the game because yeah. he's the best player in the competition. He didn't have nearly impact in the game against us that he did against Essendon. Not not even close. Um so you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, Nelson might be a bit of a popular one, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be putting him in it uh, as a guy who's coming into the season was always going to be fringe best twenty-two, and, and when we get some of those guys back, Nelson might get squeezed out of the side, but he's that that's that's his that's his lot in life. He's he's on yeah. he's sort of just in or just out of the best twenty-two. Um, but it's yeah, guys like McGovern and Cripps and, and Gaff that I think that we probably wanted a little bit more from and, and didn't quite get um, what we wanted to. Just a quick word on Nelson from me, and I'll keep it quick because I, I do like him and I find myself going into bat for him a fair bit, probably more than I like him, but I just think he cops a lot. He is a good user by foot. I don't know where this thing's come from that he's a butcher. He had a shocking turnover against Carlton, uh, but that was early in the fourth, and then after that point, he had about four or five fantastic kicks in the same term. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Burns one or two a game, if that. But, yeah, I don't think he's a butcher. But as Keith said, look, it's all about expectation coming in versus what we've seen. And if you're in a spot where a Tom Cole or a Jackson Nelson is needed when guys are injured, and we've had a shitload of injuries, I think that's a pretty good spot to be. If we can afford to drop Nelson because we're healthy and Maybe Foley comes even better, and you know Rotham's take, uh, taken a step up, like Mig said. Good, good spot to be. No issue with that. Um, Migs, a couple from me, and this is based on expectation versus performance. Shep, I've found a little bit quiet this year. Certainly not as good as his peak, but I don't know. I've just found him not imposing himself on games yeah. like I know that he can. Now, some of that might be the support cast. He's been stitched up a little bit, having to play a true key lockdown role, and also Liam Ryan. You know, a big game here, a big game there, certainly still sitting on shoulders, providing all the highlights. But I found he's fading in and out, whereas last year he was just the best small forward in football, full stop. Yeah, Ryan was the first name that came to mind for me. Um, and it's a little bit unfair because I think a lot of it's been caused by his um, yeah. uh, his uh, shin splint or um, the hotspot issue that he's had. But yeah, we were sort of expecting him to continue his uh, his stratospheric rise, and yeah, he's been 
in and out of games. Yeah, he does. He does still sit on blokes' heads and um, has great highlights. And, and he he is a player that can turn a game with limited possession. So it's a really unfair um, criticism of him, probably. But yeah, he was the name that um, first name that came to mind for me. And Shep was the second. Yeah, I had the same observations as you and um, uh, Jack Darling uh, over the last month or so because um, he was he was up there in the the common race uh, earlier. Um, but then his last month, four weeks, he's only kicked three goals. Um, before that, I think he'd kicked six goals in nine games. Uh, and just another little stat to prove that I did some homework. Um, he's kicked goals in four of his last 20 quarters of footy he's played. Um, one wow. of those was his five-goal quarter against Adelaide. But, yeah, so he's – um, defenders are getting a hold of him, I think, so – yeah, we uh, we need to get back that Jack Darling from 2018 again. We only see him in little stints. Uh, the next one we've got here is best win, and this is something we had on the run sheet and then the Richmond game happened, so I think we can all agree that it's the Richmond game. Uh, Keys, do I, have I throw <laughs> on to you? Oh, who we got? We've got another dog on the pod? What do we got here? Oh, we've got we've got more guests than we've ever had. We've had two dogs. We've had kids. We've had dogs. We got a big happy birthday shout out here from the uh, from the Big Footy Eagles Pod. We got any Eagles insight coming from yeah, from the guest side of thing there, keys or it's one and done. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I got to go the Eagles. That's all I needed. That's all good. Keys, we're talking best win. There we go. Yeah, okay, so... Premium content. You, you, uh, you're getting this for free. If you're watching this for free, you should... Just, I mean, honestly, send us a couple of bucks. Hey, uh, best win. It's the Richmond game, then it's daylight. You know, what else can we talk about yeah, behind that, though? Spoke, what else stood out? We spoke about the Richmond win plenty. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's... Um, narrowly followed by the win against Carlton the week before. Um, okay. Wasn't wasn't the sort of same sort of sexy win as what Richmond was. It was a bit of a grind and things like that. But in the context of our season, um, that was really important. We, we don't win that game, and the, the win against Richmond becomes not irrelevant. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think that was just to get our confidence and the mojo it was in the ground that we historically suck at, even though it wasn't. You know, Sydney that we're playing. Um, it was just something that we needed to win. We got it done with, you know, with a few guys out. Um, Derby's always a good win. Mm. Uh, couple of people coming through here for the Derby. Yep. Yeah, a couple of ones. But I reckon, yeah, Richmond, and then I reckon the Carlton win was was a close second for me. Migs, anything else stand out aside, of course, from the Richmond game? Uh, I had, yeah, second place Carlton game and the Port game, um, just because I thought that was the biggest, uh, probably apart from Richmond, um, and certainly on the ladder, the, the biggest opponent that we've uh, we've knocked off, uh, and just the way that we did it as well, um, did it pretty comfortably, took our foot off the gas a little bit, otherwise could have had a, a 10 or 11 goal win, um, but yeah, uh, probably Carlton aids that up because all the odds that were against us that game, the, the number of outs we had and the uh, the venue being at, at, a, 
a, a, um, a ground that we hadn't won at for 20 years. Surely a win for Carlton. I that didn't one. even think of it um, just because Trino was so bad. But... <laughs> the old 10-goal derby win, you completely slips your mind. I'm not going to lie, slipped my yeah. mind as well. So thank you for the people in the comments there that remind me of that. Port win was fantastic, of course. Uh, showed that we can hang with the big boys, and I think we're starting to get back to that hopefully now. Get a few healthy guys back as well, see what we do against the dogs. Uh, Keys, we'll go the other side of it. We'll finish things off on the review. Worst loss. The easy one would be Geelong because of the size of it. For me, it's the St Kilda loss just because can't you cannot be dropping that game. And if you look at our ladder position, if we'd won that game, we would be laughing right now. So anyway, where, where do you go with this? Yeah, it's a, it's an odd it's an odd thing to say where a ninety seven point voting mm. wasn't your worst loss, but it wasn't. Um, we had a lot of outs. I mean, the margin was was bad um, but I think in the context of our season I think you look at the the games against St Kilda and Essendon where we had good leads good leads mm. in both of those games and then dropped them um, they were they were really really bad um, in that in, in particularly in, in both games in the last quarter we did not give a yelp um, we just we got steamrolled, and and I think if you look at the St Kilda game in particular, I mean they've been trash, absolute trash this year, and we got beaten by them. Um, you know, Essendon won. You know, at least they've been playing. You know, when we played, they've been playing some bit better footy around it, but it was on a home deck as well. I mean that those those two at and you look at where we sit, we're 8-5 and five and we're a game out of top four on percentage. You turn those two results around and we're 10-3 yep. and we're looking really fucking good. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, I think probably the St Kilda one is just a bit worse than Essendon simply because before and after that game, St Kilda got fucking walloped. And we rolled over like a newborn puppy wanting a tummy rub. Um, so, yeah, the St Kilda one closely followed by Essendon for me. Becoming your new Slap it on a T-shirt. Migs, anything to add there? Essendon lost shocking, St Kilda lost shocking. For those two take the cake for you. Yeah, I thought the St Kilda game, um, the Geelong one, the manner of it was bad and the percentage hit we took was bad, but we probably penciled in mm. um, a loss there anyway. So we, we didn't miss out on four points that we would have otherwise, otherwise had. Uh, yeah. Between St Kilda and Essendon and I'd, I'd go for St Kilda over Essendon as the worst one, just because of the way it happened. And it's no real excuses for it. It was against a poor opponent. The Essendon one sucked. Um, Part of it was to, to do with the fact that I think we lost a couple of key guys, Kelly and Allen, before half time, and that sort of just left us without any legs. But this is, the St Kilda one was just a complete shooting of the bed. And um, yeah, that those losses, though, they did make the uh, the Richmond win even better because it was best to, uh, uh, to come out and put in that sort of performance in the last 15 minutes. 
I wonder which one the infected virus is actually giving us a loss, probably Geelong, I suppose. Must be nice. Ideal world would be 13-zip, but, yeah, I think the... We haven't had once lost that was bad as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so the losses are going to the Bulldogs and the Giants. But the loss, you'll get those. That'll happen. I don't think in either of those games we played particularly badly. Yeah. Um. Especially the Bulldogs. I mean, Bulldogs are a good side. To lose to by seven points to them over there. Um, that one stings because you go, oh, what about the Crips miss? But the actual game itself, and all right, you lose by seven points. Are they first? They're still top of the ladder? Or are they second? I don't know where they're at anymore. They're but, second, but that's that, all right. That, was, you, you that happens. That, you go, we put in the Giants mm. won, you know. Happens. Um, but, yeah, those two losses, you, you wear those as something that happens during the season. Um, but, yeah, the other the – other, Two that we've, we've been harping on, they're the ones that, that really hurt because I think we those games we should have won. This is why you don't bitch and moan about percentage when you knock off undefeated Port Adelaide or whatever it was because you're always going to do something stupider than not win by 100 points against the league leaders. So anyway, we'll move on. In fact, I reckon we'll wrap things up, Jets. I reckon we'll, we've uh, gone probably a little long today. But that's all right. It was a party, a bit of a celebration against Richmond. Mix. You were at the game. You enjoyed your time there, and I hope that you enjoyed your time today as well on the pod. Yep. Um, yeah, still excited, as I said. And, yeah, look, I'll, I'll just tilt the camera down so you can see how excited I am. Uh-oh. No. I don't, um, don't want to know where that's going. I probably don't want that. No, thank uh, you. Uh, uh, and uh, coming up this weekend, the, uh, the Beagles play Subi. Um, so no AFL footy on in um, in Perth, so no excuse not to get down to playing Leaderville Oval, I suppose. Uh, or otherwise, you can watch the live stream with God. You probably want to get down to Leaderville, I think. There we go. Get down to Waffle, see Shuey coming back. Hopefully, he's all good. Keys, thank you for jumping on the show. A few, uh, a few F-bombs in there, so good day to all the loyal listeners that hate that one. But uh, nicely done, nicely navigated. How'd you go? Yeah, no, good fun. I'm about... Uh... I'm about a quarter of the way through my um, tally from Sunday night. Um, so, yeah, good win, good chat. Let's uh, hope we're um, – well, next week we won't be talking about a win or a loss because it's a bye. Um, but, yeah, we'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, how the match can fit fits um, all these guys back and – Jesus, hope for Christ's sake, should we get through the game against Subi? Don't, don't even. Uh, guys, thank you very much for watching. And if you're listening to this in the future, thank you for listening. People who commented, jumped in. Fantastic stuff. Gives us a lot to talk about. We really appreciate the feedback and yeah, the, uh, yeah, the ongoing chat as well. So that, that, yeah, thank you very much from all of us. Uh, if you're liking the pod, please share it. I know it's a bit beggy and a bit, you know, we're asking for oh, rate and subscribe and all that good stuff. Share it around, you know, because it does help the show grow and it'd be great to see the live audience pick up as well, get a lot of involvement throughout the show. We'll leave it there. We'll see you next week. We've got more guests. We're waving goodbye. We will talk to you next week. We'll do second half of the season predictions. We'll talk the Bulldogs game. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.